Hey everyone, this is Dave, your host of Partnership for the Arts podcast, where we talk art. I wanted to put a foreword in before this show you're about to listen to. It was pre-recorded back in March when the National Art Exhibit was going on here at the Visual Arts Center. We had finished the interview. We had just started the editing process for that episode when the COVID-19 hit and everyone was ordered to shut their doors and close down. So, of course, that meant the staff as well for the show and the Visual Arts Center uh, couldn't get together to, to finish what we needed to do. So we worked remotely on getting this show and several others done. Of course, the big effect was we had a whole list of guests that were going to be on the show. We, of course, had to reschedule all that because, of course, we couldn't have them come into the library. So we started lining up phone interviews, and, of course, that affected everyone's schedule, their schedule, the guest schedule, and our schedule as well. So we decided to just take some time and rework the entire schedule for the year. Uh, Actually, we have scheduled into 2021. Now that we are allowed to open our doors and we are able to get socially distanced in the same room so to speak we are lining up those shows those guests to come back on of course we have been doing phone interviews in the meantime so we have some of those for you on the sequential shows coming up so most importantly everyone here at the VAC and the staff and crew of the podcast want to say thank you A big thank you to everyone out there who was concerned about what had happened to the show, the staff, and everything else. Because we did make a quick decision. Of course, I guess we really didn't make the decision. It was made for us that we had to shut down. Then we decided, well, you know what? We need to go ahead and just take some time off. And that worked well because... Judy, the co-host, the guest co-host of the show at the time, her and her husband had moved out of state to start a new season in their life. But it was a time that we put to good use. We decided that we were going to do that by updating and revamping the show just a bit. Nothing new to anyone that's been listening or following along uh, on the sites. So we wanted to say thank you for all of your concern. We want to thank you all for for staying dedicated because, of course, we wouldn't be doing the show if it wasn't for all of you. So with that being said, here is the interview we did last March for the National Art Exhibit here at the Visual Arts Center. We sat down with the judge, Don Emerson, as well as with Mary Harbour and Jill Lindsay. They were co-chairs for the NAE Committee of the Visual Arts Center. So, enjoy, and when it's all said and done, the next show will come on. We actually have some interviews with some of the other artists that we recorded at that time that we are going to be releasing uh, here shortly. So, enjoy the show. Again, thank you all. Stay safe. Be blessed. And we'll be talking art on Where We Talk Art with you all real soon. You are listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show with Dave and Judy.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Judy, good to see you again. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I've been having a great time. In fact, you and I were at the Sip and Paint with the Opera, where Gulf Coast Opera <laughs> came in. Representatives were there and they sang while we painted. Yeah, it was wonderful. That was beautiful. Yes, we did that in the uh, main gallery at the VAC. We did Starry Night. We did Starry, well, painted Starry Night. kind of Starry, kind of starry Night. night. Yeah. I had stars in there. Yeah, our best rendition of it. <laughs> it was fun, though. It was really fun. Yeah, and you just got back in town because, again, you were moving. Moving out of the area, so I've been traveling back and forth to Hilton Head area and, mm -hmm. and uh, found a home there. So now I need to find a home within the artistic community there once we move. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you'll be reporting as our art correspondent up there. I would love to do that. So we've got a special show today, a special edition, which you all heard Stephen come in and mention the NAE special show. And that, of course, is the National Art Exhibit that we have going on at the VAC. The whole 12,000 square feet is covered with it. Yes. Yeah. And we are going to talk about that. And we actually have a very special guest here, several actually. One of them is the judge for the show. And she's going to be here joining us in a minute. We're going to cover that whole process. Lots to do. Lots to do, lots to see, and I have to say the pieces in the exhibit are phenomenal. Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So, you ready to get started? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find us on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find all of our episodes on our new website, PF talkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Welcome back to Partnership for the Arts. Dave, this is a special show today. We've mm -hmm. got people here that are representing the National Art Exhibit, or yes. we call NAE. Right. So I think you would be best to introduce our guest today. Yeah, because you wanted to take a chance to sip your coffee. Because <laughs> 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 I, I have mine ready. Yes, and we're going to start with the judge of the show, Don Emerson. Good morning, Don. Dave. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of a very busy, busy schedule to sit down with us and, and talk about all of this. So again, welcome. Thank you. It's really great pleasure to be here and to meet everybody at this gem of a place, the VAC. Yes, it is indeed that. And I'm going to go around the room here because we also have co-chairs that you have got to know and, and work with for the NAE committee. And that is Mary Harbert. Mary, hello. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Welcome to the show. And Jill Lindsay. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good to have you back on again. It's great to be back on again. And of course, we had a conversation with you a while back mm -hmm. about that, all of that. It's been a few years. So it was emerging artist time, was it not? I believe so, yes, yeah. two years ago. So, which again, we have the Peace River Art Festival coming up very again soon. Yep, we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So welcome back. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get into this, Don, because we know you have lots to do. So how about we get into a little bit of history yourself? You are a pastel artist, correct? Is that where you start? That's right. I'm known mostly in the pastel world. I'm mm -hmm. a signature member of the Pastel Society of America. And 
I've been doing pastels probably for about 30 years. So it's not my first rodeo with pastel. <laughs> and I love the medium, but I also do mixed media and printmaking. And have written a book called Pastel Innovations that was published in 2017. And that book is a result of a lot of exploration and fun discoveries that I've made with pastel. And of course, as I have been doing this process of exploration in my studio, I realize that we may think that we're creating something new, but actually it's just reinventing what people maybe even a hundred years ago did. And it's just bringing it to life again and introducing to people the joy of painting. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, again, you've been doing well and congratulations on your book. Thank you. there as well. You started with pastel, is that correct? Yeah, I started and with pastel and took classes and workshops mostly from people whose work I greatly admired, Albert Handel, Sally Strand, a lot of excellent, excellent artists who have been at this for a long time. And coincidentally, when I was beginning my search, it was a result of having explored sculpture and I was painting sticks, almost like an Aborigine sticks. And it, this was as a result of moving to Central Oregon. I'm originally from Boston, so you can imagine the, the uh, environment there and everything was uniquely different for me. And we would go for walks with our two young children into the forest and it's all very volcanic. And we'd come out wearing, well, my husband usually wearing most of the forest on the back. <laughs> And I would take these sticks, some of which had been collected from the rivers that the beavers had chewed, and they had taken all of the bark off and left me with beautiful images that I just needed to depict. So I discovered, I entered into the Bellevue Arts and Crafts Fair, which is a very well-known venue and in Bellevue, Washington, and won some prizes there and sold more art than I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to buy a pack, <laughs> so I realized that the, the sticks took over my life, and because I had not created them, just found them, and then turned them into something else, I called them awakenings, but then took on a life that I couldn't leave, and so I forgot to pick my kids up at school, and forgot to go <laughs> shopping and make dinner, and so that wasn't so good. <laughs> and I decided to try something else. <laughs> so I began, someone suggested pastel, and I started taking the workshops, as I mentioned. And it was just an incredible opportunity to learn from some of the best people. And at that time, there was sort of this rebirth of a lot of pastel materials. And everything from the pastel medium itself to different brands that were coming out, people making them in their handmade pastels and becoming softer, new combinations of proprietary uh, recipes to make these things, all had different qualities, new surfaces that were just amazing to work on. So there has been this incredible rebirth of pastel materials over the past 25 years and it was just wonderful to kind of ride along with that whole thing right time it was it was yeah I, f I find that interesting as you were talking about the pastels and the surfaces that you're really kind of getting into the technology of the of the physical medium that you use and i haven't heard artists 
talk in that term. Well, some, some of us consider our, our studio to be like a laboratory. And one of the most enticing things about the pastel medium is that it is so accessible. You can pick it up, put it down. You don't have to wait for anything to dry. Right. You can True. wet it. It's just like pigment in a stick. But you don't have to really think very far ahead, which is good for me. <laughs> That's not my forte. Um, you know, it's just something that lets you pick up a stick and start. And it's a kind of crossover between drawing and painting. And of course, it's a feast of color. You have to have every one of them. Albert Handel, one of my very favorite workshop artist, instructors, and author, said that using oil is like playing on a violin, on a stringed instrument. You have the colors, each one a string. And so you move your hand up and down the neck and you create, of course, with the bow, all of the mixtures of sound. Whereas pastel is more like you have a piano in front of you. You have all of the keys. And even his hand gestures when he goes to pick out his pastels are like he is airplaying a, a piano over his palette. And so he sort of wiggles his fingers to see which note he's going to play. And so that's where you get the chords of colors coming together. And Ooh, it's, like it, it's a very yeah. lovely way to think about oh, painting wow. as music. Wow. Metaphor. That's yeah. so beautiful. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. And then you're calling them sticks. And I think about you walking in the forest with your husband covered in leaves. <laughs> and, I mean, the whole thing. And then the awakening. And now you've had a new... It's beautiful. Well, then there was a second yeah. awakening, which after the sticks and the pastel, there was a retired instructor, professor named Pat Clark who moved to our area of Central Oregon near Bend to join her family there uh, in her retirement. And her goal was to establish a printmaking atelier. So with her own money, she created an LLC that became later a 501c3. Let me get back to the story with Pat. She came to Central Oregon with an intention of sharing her knowledge, which was extensive as a master printmaker, and trying to meet every artist in that area so that she could put them together with the best form of printmaking. And so printmaking, like pastel was over the past 25 years, has benefited from a resurgence of interest in printmaking. And I'm not talking about mechanical printmaking, I'm talking about printing by hand, using a press, an etching press. And there are many approaches now, including monotype, collography, etching, which can be done in a green environment because of the new chemicals that have been discovered. And scientists who are artists or artists who are scientists, they are creating this stuff and put it out there for artists to figure out what to do with it. And they don't even know the potential of this. So it's really a gift for the artist to figure out what, what, do we can, what can we use this for? just like they're doing with recycled materials and all of this other stuff. So it's a right. real open world. And printmaking for me was a doorway into a whole new world of how to layer imagery, how to think about the surface, and how to really enjoy working around a community of people. That's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. wonderful. And I just have to say, when you're talking about uh, artists and scientists, scientists and artists and creating everything else. 
I was thinking of you there. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of me too. (laughs) (laughs) Coincidental. No, I love to experiment, obviously. And yeah, I'm always trying new things. It's so fascinating to work it. And yeah, I've bought materials that were meant for one thing, but uh, love to try something outside of it, you know, something different. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hold on to that thought for a minute because we are going to go to break and we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Russ Emanuel. I'm the director of Occupants, the Assassin's Apprentice and Caller, and you're listening to Partnership for the Arts. Okay, everyone, welcome back, and we want to make sure we thank Russell Emanuel. He is a movie director in California. We had him on the show first season. He's done the Occupants, which has won, I think, three, four hundred awards now in all the film festivals shown around the world in, in all the countries. He's working on a new movie now. So, Russell, we thank you for that. And we are here at the VAC, and we are sitting here in the Visual Arts Center in the library talking about the NAE, and we have the co-chair in here, Mary Arbor, Jill Lindsay, and then we, of course, have the judge, Don Emerson. Don, we were talking before break about some of the experiments uh, that you had been doing, and Jill, you you jumped right in there with the whole idea, too. Couldn't help myself. Couldn't help yourself. I saw those wheels turning when she's talking. Yeah, Yeah, the next thing I'm going to do. Besides haunting Don until she sends you the picture. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Mental notes made. Mental yes. notes made. Let's get into the decisions that you had made. Okay, we are all looking around because... We hear a click. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. Usually, it's my phone that goes off. Forget to turn it off and suddenly we have seagulls visiting the room. <laughs> So, Don, talk about some of the process that you went through with the artwork. There was how many total that came in? Sure. It started off with me being asked to look at about 537 images online. Mm. Wow. So, from those, I was asked to select 150. And those 150 would be invited to participate in this show. So, as a result of that 146 are actually on display here. Yeah, yeah, and it fills the vac. It does, it fills the vac, and there are many unusual qualities about this show. Mm -hmm. Each artist could submit up to three pieces. There was no size restriction, which is highly unusual, and also there were no divisions of different materials. In other words, I was going to be asked to judge watercolor and pastel, pretty much anything, oil, of course, and whatever else came in equally. So my approach was really to include as much diverse imagery as I possibly could. Well Um, done, by the way. Thank you. Um, I have heard from a lot of people who have come by as I've been here visiting at the VAC for the past week, just that they, they love the diverse grouping of these images as well as all the different materials that are used to make this art. Yeah, and there really is. There's mixed media in the show as well. There is. The only thing there is not is sculpture and photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have different shows for that uh, at the at the VAC. So. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that there was one other thing that makes this show unusual, mm-hmm. which is that up to three pieces could be accepted into the show by the same artist, mm-hmm. which is very unusual. Normally, you're allowed to take one. So you will see multiples by the same artist here as well. 
So number one challenge when you're looking at this, because it's all online, correct? You're looking correct. at small images on there. What's one of the challenges you had when you were looking at that out of all of those, that 500 and something to, to help narrow it down to 150? Well, the approach that I had to use was how do you discern between masterfully painted imagery that could represent a very similar landscape, for example. Mm -hmm. There were quite a few beautiful portraits done, many beautiful landscapes, all different kinds from around the country. And so having to select among, you know, equally masterful looking things was the greatest challenge. Yeah. I can and imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It was easiest, honestly, to eliminate those where it looked like these were done for, you know, during a class or something like that. It was easy if the image, the photograph that was taken was not, I'm not going to say professionally handled, but if it looked like it was crooked, <laughs> the image yes. was crooked in the thing, I really couldn't look at that. Understand. Uh, so every bit along the way of the presentation of the artist's work, minus the framing, that is not something that I look at while I'm judging the show online anyway. Those were easy to discard, unfortunately. So just a, a warning to people, if you're going to submit work, please spend the effort and the time to learn how to take a decent photograph. Well, thank you. That was actually That's one of our questions. We were going to say, what would you suggest to the people that are submitting it? So there, we got that part covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing is, if you can possibly afford the entry, I don't know what the entry fee is, but I would say do submit three so that the judge can see exactly what you're trying to say or a level of proficiency that represents you fairly. Yeah. Good. Now, how many states are we representing there? 39 states. 39. And somebody entered from Taiwan as well. Right. <laughs> states in Taiwan. Yeah. So, well, we do call it national show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know. I know. I suggested international and yikes. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, 39 states. There was so that's, many beautiful that's entries. Amazing. Yeah, so many. And how did you put the word out to artists across the nation of this exhibit? Well, we used um, a website called Juried Art Services, and they are hooked up with a lot of artists on a mailing list. So periodically they would send out notification that we're having this national show. We also advertised in Pastel Magazine and Artist Magazines, too, um, about the show. And a certain podcast talk show as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So that got us a lot of entries, and probably... I would say 40, 30 or 40 percent of them entered the last week. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Because okay. we only had about 200 and someone entries up until the week before. And then they all came well, flying in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wasn't surprised at all, but some people were quite very nervous about not having enough entries. And I'm like, don't worry. I, the night before, at, min, at quarter to 12, usually. Was there, I'm not aware that there was a requirement that these pieces have been produced in the past year or two? Three years. Three years. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's something else that people should pay attention to. But Juried Art Services is a great way for artists to become aware of how they can put their work out there. And a show like this, in this environment, 
with the dedication and care that I've seen and the organization that the VAC is able to put into the show is well worth submitting your work to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jill and Mary, I got to say, well done on the hanging and the groups. That was something Don and I had had a chance to talk about before, along with the colors and, and through the whole place. I think the display of the, the artwork is really wonderful and the lighting throughout the exhibit is excellent and that is often a point of contention where you know the artwork is not illuminated in a way that mm-hmm. really sets it off so great job yeah absolutely and mary i wanted to uh, just cover something that you had mentioned earlier about the committee you and jill and the committee just did a wonderful job the hanging committee did a great job worked a long time to get it done mm-hmm. they're volunteers Yes, which is what makes this world go around. (laughs) (laughs) The VAC world. That's right, this VAC world is, (laughs) yes, orbited by volunteers. Yeah, we we unpacked them Friday and Saturday Mm -hmm. and Sunday, yeah, and hung them sort of in between Saturday and Sunday. It was a group effort for sure. Yeah, I had a chance to to help. Yes, you did. This year. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Great, great thing. But those crates, when they come in, they're a little bit intimidating because they're big wooden crates and they're specially packed. So we had to take pictures of everything that right. was unpacked before in step, so we make sure we get it back in the same yeah. time. So. Well, it was so organized. Kim Phillips, of course, here is had everything so unbelievably organized. It was Yes, the program's manager. She's simple. been on the show before, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's just take a moment, and Don, if you don't mind, you too, Mary, Jill, co-chair for the event. So what's those responsibilities? Well, for me, uh, uh, since we're on the subject of Jury Art Services, they opened uh, the call, the artist call in July, and they filtered in slowly through then. I did notify quite a few artists and suggested that they, you know, maybe re-photograph their paintings because you want to put your best foot forward and such. And many took the advice and some I'm pleased to say got in through that. So there was a lot of that going on, and I've had a lot of contact with artists over those five months, six months. And then the committees galore and receptions. So you all start preparing, once it's finished, to start doing it all over again. Okay, so Mary Harbour, how did you find the judge? How did you find Don? Someone had suggested and given me the name of Don Emerson, and Constant Robinson had gone to Oglethorpe University for an art show, and she saw Dawn there judging the show. And so, as it turned out, I also found out that Dawn was going to be in Naples, and so myself and Constance and Alexia Martin, our president, we all went to meet Dawn at her workshop, and we all fell in love with her art, with her presence, and it was like, oh my gosh, she's a gem. We have to see if she'll, if she'll come to Punta Gorda. <laughs> and she accepted. And so that was our very first big task with a big check mark in front of it. <laughs> but from there, we had a meeting every month for all the details that go into putting this show together. And then Jill asked if she could be co-chair. And I, to me, it was like, yes. <laughs> to have a co-chair is just wonderful. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's been it's been a, such a huge learning experience, and it's been positively wonderful. So that weekend when they came in for me, it was like Christmas unpacking those boxes and seeing those paintings live and in person. It was wonderful. It, yeah. It's just the beginning. Just an interesting note, especially for me. 
There is one hanging in the golf gallery. It's an abstract. Dion Dion. Dion Dion. Because it was on D2. D2? <laughs> yes. Well, D2 and I are from the same town. Correct. Bowen, Missouri. Oh, how neat. <laughs> so it was interesting to actually walk back once the, the tags were turned around and everything else to actually see from my hometown in, in St. Louis actually in the show. Hmm. Yeah. Small world. It is a small is. world, and I just want to mention one thing, that this show of you know that involves so much time, organization, effort, uh, and so many volunteers and committees and that work well together and can take care of the artwork kind of flies in the face of a very digital-oriented world now where many shows are being held online only and magazines are producing online shows and other individual schools and so forth and there is definitely a place for that but one of the most heartwarming things for me is seeing the number of people who have come through here and spend time nose to nose with the painting looking at it and because as you know you can only get so much from seeing something even printed uh, and online right you can't mm -hmm. see the brushwork in there you can't right. see the dimensional quality or the you don't know that the colors are that accurate. So when you can really study a painting and be affected by it, um, you know, face to face with it is quite a different experience. I know that the community is all abuzz, the local community here, and people I see in the neighborhoods or out in town, and there's, oh, you've got to go see the exhibit if you haven't seen it yet. And so they're, they're really excited about it. Great. And these are people who maybe aren't necessarily in the art community on a regular basis, but they appreciate it, mm -hmm. and they're really excited. And yeah. we should mention, too, excuse me, that all the art is for sale and available, so you will benefit the artist as well as the VAC um, if you come in and fall in love with something. Okay, so we are going to take another short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation here with Don, Jill, and Mary. So everyone, hold on. We'll be right back. Wow, thank you. That's that it. was good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Isaac Mingus. I'm a bassist for the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra under Maestro Raffaele Ponti, and I thoroughly enjoy Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay, so we are back and we want to thank Isaac Mingus. He is a double bassist for the Punta Gorda Symphony, as they are known now. We had him on the show, an outstanding young man, 21 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah, he came in and he did that spot. So Isaac, here we go again. Isaac, I should have had more coffee before the show. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you for that spot. And we are sitting here with Don Emerson, the judge for the NAE, along with the co-chairs, Jill Lindsay and Mary Harper. Thank you all for being patient there with the, with the commercial break. But we had a chance to talk a couple more subjects we want to cover. Right. Don, I have a question for you. You said you reviewed, I think you said 537 uh -huh. entries online. So you saw them in a digital format on your computer. How does that compare to when you actually got here and saw the physical piece itself? It's a completely different beast. You know, I'm, my, my task of choosing 150 out of the 537 was the first task. And when I was doing that, I was not told actually about what kinds of awards would be given out. And nor did I know the artist 
name that was involved in this. So it's trying to be as objective as possible and, you know, not partial to one medium or another, despite my own personal preferences, Mm -hmm. but that's just me. So that aside, when I came and saw the pieces in person, the size of many of them was really quite incredible to to confront because it's a totally different thing seeing the dimensions of something written out as four feet by four feet but then when you see it only four inches by four inches on your screen it doesn't register it just can't take up the space and that's not to say that it has to be large to make an impression because there are some actually incredible gems here Mm -hmm. that are small pieces and they can fill a room so uh, you know they reach out from the wall so that kind of presence I don't think you can appreciate until you're in front of a piece and see the the feeling that went into the piece itself and all that so it was a, a great surprise in many instances and to see the thing in its full glory Right, right. And I love Jill's impression saying it was like Christmas opening the boxes and unpacking everything. (laughs) (laughs) So they were reaching out to you while you were unpacking them. Of course. And there's one I can't help but think of, Gretel, in the main gallery that's huge. I I don't know, five foot by four foot or something. And it's a portrait only, just her face. And it is... Her eyes follow you around. And they, you know, I they really do. Yes. The same thing. I've been she, through there, yes. yeah. Yeah, she captures your attention. Definitely. It's pretty impressive. And that certainly wasn't communicated online. You would never notice The intensity that. of the yeah. expression, mm-hmm. yes, but not right. the size relationship of the piece. Mm-hmm. Don, I have a question for you. We were talking about this when we had done the initial walk around mm-hmm. tour and you were helping the docents some input from yourself. Oh, okay. So when I'm looking at the artwork, my criteria is really be very objective, as I just mentioned. And in order to do that, I'm looking at composition. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at handling of the materials as best as I can figure that out from what I'm seeing online. And then I'm trying to find a unique voice that's coming through that might really portray what the role of art is in our culture today in this country. and you know, what the artist was trying to communicate. You know, it could be done very abstractly, it could be done very realistically. Mm. And so an artist doesn't always, I think, take into consideration who the audience is. You know, and there is great discussion to be had about whether the title affects the interpretation by the viewer and what the role of the viewer is. You know, it's the difference between sort of playing a musical piece for yourself versus playing a musical piece for an audience, right? So that metaphor back to music and, you know, do we have to have the description by the artist to understand the piece or is it just enough for each person to be drawn to a piece, look at it and begin a dialogue with their own ideas about how this painting might touch them, affect them, change their attitude? or make them aware of something. Those are basically the three things. I think what you're referring to is the seven elements of design and art. So that is something I was instructing the docents on, is just how to objectively look at art and to sound really smart when you're, (laughs) when you don't feel very confident about, you know, well, I don't do art, but I think, you know, it's, there has to be something besides the subject 
because if you are passionate about flowers, you'll probably be drawn to lovely portrait of flowers. But what else is there beyond the subject and how is the artist interpreting that subject to convey a message, to convey a story, or to make you think? or to abstract it and just have a feast of colors in front of you that seems to be orchestrated beautifully. Yeah, I, I, I remembered all that when we walked around, I took notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to remind you again, Dave, it's line, shape, texture, value, edges, space, and color. Those seven elements are basically what each artist has to use, and in the hands of an artist, those things take on new life. Let's see, seven elements, line, shape, texture, value, edges, space, color. Well, Don, I think think you've done a pretty good job there. I think you got it. (laughs) (laughs) I went on the Dosen tour with Don the day before, I think, and what my takeaway was, the biggest takeaway, I did take notes, Dave. (laughs) My biggest takeaway was how does it make you feel? How does it make the viewer feel? And I really love that because it's different for everybody and just like a song takes me back to my high school days and you back maybe to your college days <laughs> you know it's all different and it's a, it's a wonderful thing that's why art is so fun. That makes me think you could have a future exhibit here called maybe something like perceptions and feature mm-hmm. two or three pieces but solicit the viewers feedback about how that piece makes that person feel mm-hmm. and compile that for the artist and probably just be a whole array of feelings or perceptions from that one piece hanging on the wall. Well the the poetry night I was here two years ago when we did it and you we invite poets or people that just like to write and they come in and they pick a painting and they write a little poem about it. Um, sometimes it's intense, sometimes it's funny, but yeah, that elicits again more people thinking about the paintings and all that. Yeah, really fun. That reminds me, mm. two years ago. Yes. Did you not? I do did. Night? I did. That's goat, right. goat, the greatest goat. of all time. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Little nod to the Patriots too. <laughs> anyway. what, is, what is the date for the poetry night? March third. Oh my gosh, or 4th. <laughs> Let me consult my notes. I think it's Wednesday, March 4th is the poetry night. Um, but we're allowing people to come in and uh, look at a painting and hopefully be inspired to write a poem. I think oh. that is such a great idea. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. It's so wonderful. And again, different, you know, maybe the same piece and write mm-hmm. a totally different narrative about it. And you might even I include, like uh, you know, dancers to come, you know, a, a, a vocalist or a musician to write a piece for it. That mm-hmm. would be such a a great gift back to the artist to see how art affects you know all kinds of arts. The uh, the group I'm with, Partnership for the Arts, we've actually done exactly that. Oh, we, great. we have gotten oh. actually uh, the ballet, they actually did the scene. Then we had a piano, baby Graham come in and he wrote a piece for that. And then we had the poet night and then mm. there was one other, oh yeah, high school kids come in and then they actually picked out their favorite piece and then they actually did their rendition. Oh, Dance a painting. Oh yeah. That's so based awesome. off, yes. of, off that. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. Oh well you know besides just having the honor of being accepted into this show and being part of it, I think all of what you're discussing is something that the artist can't even imagine. Inspiring someone else through their own artwork. 
you know, because very often some artists will think that if they did not sell the piece, that it wasn't a success. Mm -hmm. But how would they ever know that it inspired someone to write the most beautiful poem or to do something else, or, you know, just to contact somebody, call somebody, because a portrait reminded them that they should, you know, it, it can trigger memory, it can trigger experiences, yeah. and um, make you think new, differently. So that sounds like an amazing project that you mm -hmm. did. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, that and supporting the Boys and Girls Club yeah. as well. So we like doing that, which we do. The VAC does during the summer, the summer camp with the with the right. kids. We have them come in and do that. So we are going to take one more quick break before we wrap up the show. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the awards for the NAE. So we will be back in just a minute. Everyone, hold on. Hi. My name is George Mancini, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts, and it is a rewarding experience. Okay, everyone, we are back, and we want to make sure that we thank George Mancini. He is a jazz musician worldwide. He has taught all over the world. He has traveled all over the world. And he lives here in Punta Gorda. We had him on the show, and we want to thank him for that spot as well. We are sitting here with the NAE judge and co-chairs for the NAE, Judge Don Emerson and Jill Lindsay and Mary Harbert. One thing I realized we forgot to mention was... The workshop. The workshops you that you held had. a workshop several right? days. You did it two days? We did a two-day workshop. Mm -hmm and that was called Pastel Innovation, so it was based on some of the techniques that are presented in my book. And we had 20 people, students, so it was a full class. Yes. And I have to say, again, the lighting in that room is spectacular. The space that we had is so unusual. Very often we're, you know, thrown into a tiny space with miserable lighting, and this was not the case whatsoever. Not only that, but they invited 12 the local art teachers and letting them play was right. a huge treat for me and for them thank you for that and they were they were a wonderful groups so on several different platforms both a formally set up two-day workshop that went from nine to three for two days as well as this other morning thing with some local instructors of arts for kids k through 12 it means that all this stuff gets passed on so one ripple, you know, makes it across the pond. And that's, that's all I can ask for. Right, you did the art talk too, that lunch and learn, so to speak. Right, on Monday. Oh, that's been right. Busy. Yes. yes, and there was almost 40 people there. There were almost 40 yes. people. So all those right. little seeds that you've been throwing around Santa Gorda are going to be blossoming soon. They've happened already, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Right, and I had a chance to walk around when you were doing those workshops ah. and what those people created it was, amazing. was, it was incredible. Amazing. Yeah, just I mean, give them a tool to let them play, you know, and... And uh, they were. They were having a lot of fun. They were having fun. Yeah. And uh, they were building community. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I had a chance to talk to a couple of them because that's what I, I do, of course. And uh, they were like, <laughs> fabulous. This was incredible. And... Others were saying, I've never done anything like this before, and I didn't realize I could do this. The most wonderful thing for me is having somebody come to a class who, say, was a doctor, lawyer, you know, something like that, or something that required immense skill, intelligence, and being very methodical about the way they did it. They are terrified. 
<laughs> of ruining a piece of paper, you know. And thank goodness they were like that because they were excellent at their job. And art allows them the ability to relax and find their way with it if that's what they find they love. They can tell their own visual art story and learn a new way of communicating and hopefully it brings them joy. So even if it's just a community of other people, of like-minded people who share color, that's great, but you can find new things and nobody gets hurt doing the art. This is, picking up a pastel is not life-threatening and <laughs> <laughs> the paper is already given its life. So <laughs> you know, they can just learn to play. Yes, and again, I'll say they did because I came in and out of there quite a bit and they were all having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. And I noticed they were asking lots of questions too. Mm -hmm. They really were. And it gets their brains thinking. So, you know, working in new ways. So it's not like it's mindless stuff. It's not like you're just, you know, kicking your feet around in the water. You're really, you're trying to solve problems and good composition, good design, all of that just requires intense sense of presence you know, for what's happening in front of you and... In the zone. In the zone. And it's accessible to those who love it and or find new ways to to just have a really incredibly good time. Yeah, and learning they could do something they didn't think they could exactly. do. Exactly. Right, exactly. Opening a whole new, whole new world of art to them. And certainly you wouldn't want me as your surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things is we had 20 people but there was also a waiting list. So Don's reputation signed right up for that. Well, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, yeah. that was Very filled, good. gosh, four or five weeks before yeah, you came. Right, so, so there we go. Unusual. Yeah. Now, we've done the workshop thing, and I gotta say, just on that note, I remember when you did the first illustration, that was before the luncheon, mm -hmm. and you did the horse. And I was watching back from the side, and, and you had several people filming you at that point in time. I did? Oh, yes. I did. And <laughs> it was it was a beautiful work of motion. I love the motion you did because you had the music going. You were definitely in that zone. Those arms are coming up and flaring and you're you're coming up to it, you're stepping back. It, it was almost wa like watching a dance. Thank you. Uh, the way you're doing it. It was beautifully done. Not to mention the piece you produced was phenomenal. I did not know it and I think you actually did that in like 30 seconds. Did I? Yeah. I, I, don't remember. Remember. I have a question. I think it was 45. 45. <laughs> there you go. No, it was had. unbelievable beautiful. Yes. And I thought of you as like a maestro. See, isn't that funny? Because, you know, just the way your arms were You saw moving. the same thing. I yes. did. Yes. But Often, you know, one of the typical questions that people want to know is, how long did it take you to do oh, that? Yeah, sure. You know, and the answer is, 45 seconds plus 50 years. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. There you go. Mm -hmm. yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah, all my life is what we say. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. You, I've heard you make that mistake. Yeah. Five minutes. No. <laughs> so, how about we get to the awards? How many did we have categories and all? There are thirteen awards plus the People's Choice Award. Right, which will end at the, the end judge. of the show. That's mm -hmm. uh, announced at the end of the whole exhibit. The whole exhibit. March twenty third. Twenty third or fourth. <laughs> Come before then. That's all. <laughs> and you didn't know the categories at the time when you were going through all the pictures, correct? The original viewing online, no, I didn't. 
Right. And then you got here, got with the committee, you went through and you judged the show. Mm -hmm. So how about we talk a little bit about some of the pieces that won and maybe your input of why? Sure. And as a judge, I feel like it's only fair to the artists that they understand what I was using as criteria mm -hmm. and what I was maybe looking for. But I don't come here looking for anything except being open to what I see in front of me. So that said, I don't have an agenda. It's right. just really to respond to the artwork and be as open to that as possible. So there are five merit awards. There are three awards of excellence. There is one award for abstract, one award for best portrait, and then there are three first, second, third place awards okay. in total. I could have easily given 10 more awards, if not That's what I was 20. Going to ask. Yeah. Oh, please. I mean, I really think that the artists who, the first award is getting into the show and right. uh, don't be disappointed if they did not receive an award because you will see if you come here that you're an excellent company. They've produced a beautiful catalog with the award winners, but the other work, you may disagree with my judging. It is only my opinion, and I'm one person. So I invite people to come and to pretend that you're me, and you have to judge, <laughs> and you can sweat. <laughs> and, and feel the pressure because it it did not take place in like an hour it the judging how long did it take Mary about seven hours or something uh, six yes. or seven hours um, well now one of the things Dawn was was traveling from Oregon so she had three planes to get and I was just amazed that she actually made it here on, on, on Tuesday right I know she was going to be exhausted but then and so I didn't make her get up really early in the morning, but as soon as she was ready, we headed over to the Visual Arts Center, and she started her work process. First, you know, doing a general view, and then really honing down and, and looking at each individual piece. And so we finished about five o'clock, mm -hmm. and then she needed the night to sleep on it, get rested up and have her brain really working on this. And so then the next morning, she was able to put things together and then come back and review it to make sure that the decisions was made. Mm -hmm. So it was probably an eight, nine hour process. That is on top of the 20 hours, 20 plus hour process of judging the things online. So, yes. Uh, yes. Okay, so. Labor of love. <laughs> yeah. Do we include the dreams you have that day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can no. tackle another seven hours. <laughs> So, Don, let's talk about some of the awards. Sure. Okay, I will be happy to do that in this NAE catalog. Mm -hmm. Very pleased to do this is a description of why I thought that the piece was so beautiful. Wonderful. And uh, so the first place award went to No New Friends by Corinne Forrester of Daytona Beach, Florida. And this was, it's a haunting gesture by a woman that really stops the viewer in their tracks and speaks volumes about the plight of women living hidden in the shadows of our world. The painting is a beautiful testament to the power of art to reflect a world in desperate need of healing and to transform what is painful into beauty. So congratulations to this really stunning, unusual portrait. I think, come and see it for yourself. That's the only way to really experience this. There you go. The second place was another portrait. In fact, all three top awards went 
to portrait artists, which was not predetermined on my part, but just how I felt about this. The second place award went to Reflections One by Gerard Huber of Dallas, Texas. And I wrote this stunning painting plays on the idea of the mirror as an observer. The watcher is being watched and we are caught off balance, that is we the viewer. It is rendered with unapologetic detail and compels the viewer to reach out and participating by touching. It's absolutely wonderful and you really, really have to come and look nose to nose to this thing and tell me if you don't want to reach out and touch that painting. It is an but excellent... Trump doy, imitation of life, reality, Fooling the Eye is the actual interpretation of Trump Doy, and it truly does. It's stunningly done and handled with airbrush technique. That's the one with the envelope down in the That is the corner. one with the envelope. Yes, yes, yes. You will know it is. Oh, yes, it does. It's How crazy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And third place mm -hmm. went, goes to Yin and Yang by Sandra or Sandra Cook. Mm -hmm. K-U-C-K of Boca Raton, Florida, and it is a, another absolutely exquisite portrait, and I understand, though I did not know this at all, that she was the winner of the first place award two years ago. Yes, So right. uh, yes. consistent excellence is what her legacy is. This magical image of color and light is masterfully composed and rendered more than a portrait this painting is a tribute to the power of the imagination to illuminate and beautify our world. It's a beautiful woman in a prismatic light that is very descriptive and elegantly handled. She is reclining reading a book and um, it's a feast for the eyes. There mm -hmm. we go. Wonderful. There we go. Yes. Wonderful. Well, we are out of time and I know you all have <laughs> Oh. I know you all have things to be doing. I know Janet Watermeyer was peeking around the corner looking for herself. So, Don, again, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you yes. for judging the show, spending the time with us, and coming on the show. And, and we will talk later. Thank you. So, Jill, thank you for coming on again. Thank you, Dave, for asking me. And Mary, thank you for actually coming on the show. First okay. time you've had a chance to come on here, so thank you. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. So. Miss Judy? Yes, and I would also like to say Mary, Jill, and Dawn, thank you, and the community and the local people here are so lucky to have this exhibit here in their own neighborhood, and, and it's, it's great. Yeah. We appreciate you all. Yeah, thank you. feeling blessed. The, uh, this is the last show of the series for you, My because you will episode. be moving, right? Yeah. Right, so it's been fun. Boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll miss you. Uh, it's been fun. You did a great job on co-host chair there. Well, thank you. I kind of felt like maybe some of the artists you were talking about that were lawyers or doctors that have never done <laughs> pastels, and it's like, you get out of your element and try something new, and, and uh, thank you for that experience. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed it, Dave. Well, I'm glad you said yeah. yes, and you did a great job, so thank, thank you. you. So everyone, thank you again for listening to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art, and we will talk to you soon. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs>